Hey guys, Dustin Wynn, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Hey, this is Scott Snyder, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Paul Dini, listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, and you're listening to Bat Force Radio, so stay tuned. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman and DC Comics podcast with no limits. Let's take a look at tonight's roundtable. We've got Bat Force Tom in California. What's up, dudes? And howdy, howdy, Grandpa Batman in Texas. <laughs> What's up, man? And I'm Robin Cross in Canada. Okay, most of you listening, much like every one of us speaking, collect nerdy things. If you're like us, your collection of nerdy items possibly borders on compulsive. One thing all of these items have in common is that someone must create them. And many of the things all of us own would not exist quite as they are without tonight's guest. He is a premier level designer, sculptor, and concept artist of pieces from DC Collectibles, Sideshow, Mondo, Tweeterhead, Gentle Giant. I'm going to stop there. Basically, he takes up a lot of space in all of our homes, and we thank him for it. Tonight's guest, Mr. Paul Harding. Yes. Yes. Hello. Welcome back. Thanks so Welcome much back. for coming back, Paul. How Thank you, you guys been? for having me. I've been good. How long has it been since I've been on? A couple of years. Well, has it really been yeah. that long? I think it's been two years exactly, but wow. that's just guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the last time, the last time you were on was the last time that I actually missed an episode. Oh. Uh, I was in Toronto for Fan Expo, and that was why I missed it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's right. so, yeah, then it would have been, yeah, you're exactly on the two year mark, you know, like give or take a week or so. Yeah, exactly. Yep. September. It's a good time because yeah. um, it's after after some announcements have been made, stuff that you right. got coming out. Yep, and exactly. uh, that's true, because I think when we saw you this year at San Diego, that was like the new uh, display for DC collectibles. And then two years before, was it two years ago? Or three years ago, when they 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 still had the the press event where they had it in a ballroom of one of the hotels. Right, that was exactly. awesome. Open that bar, great great event. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Open bar, appetizers. They really knew how to put it on. Yeah, man. That's yeah. when we that's when we introed um, the essentials line. I think. Oh, that's yeah. There was the first time you guys just, like no one even knew that was gonna hit. I think they right. kept it under wraps pretty well until they showed it there. Right. I think it's three years now. That sounds wow. crazy to me, but yeah. And it's still going. Right. We line. were talking about how they were bigger in size or smaller in size than than other yeah. six-inch figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I was going to say the line's still going. Mm-hmm. Pretty good for DC Collectibles because I know, you know, um, they're so small that uh, it's hard for them to kind of keep things in um, consistent production unless they're selling really, really well. It's true. So exactly. I think... exactly. Right. Yeah, essentials essentials are selling and they're um and they're going strong for us. And I'm still working on them. So Yeah. That's awesome, man. 
guess. What else has been announced uh, most recently that you can now finally talk about? Uh, let's see. We we have four more essentials that were announced at San Diego. Um, I just did my tenth Batman Black and White. Wow. Uh, which is, you know, a milestone for me because, you know, what are we up to? A hundred? We're we're at a hundred and one or a hundred Batman Black and Whites now. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. It feels good to be able to, you know, make an imprint on a line like that. That's so prolific, mm-hmm. so long running. Uh, is it Devastator that you worked on? What is the the bat the Dark Knight's metal piece that you worked on? Mm. Oh, Murder Machine. Murder Machine. I, I'm not sure when that's coming out. To be honest, should it's be still soon. Out? Wow. I well, I haven't gotten it. I haven't seen. I haven't seen pictures of it anywhere. But oh, you dude, got, we got it. You got an advanced copy, right? Yes. We uh, go on down to the Bat Force and see our video of it, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did a little boxing. Yeah, that's a cool yeah. piece, man. Oh, thanks. Thanks. It was a, it was a strange one because it was so simple and so different from the other ones. Um, mm-hmm. But it, hopefully we captured the Capullo style there. So what makes it look cool, though, is because they're all like, kind of different. And that one specifically is uh, it's like sleek and futuristic and like robotic looking. It's got mm-hmm. those interchange. Uh, oh, yeah. You have the interchangeable pieces on yours. So they're magnetized. Oh, yeah. You can take off the oh, lid. Uh, yeah, he makes like a gun because it's cyborg, so you can take his arm off and it turns into like a, a cannon. Um, I think both arms you can remove with magnets and then they have, uh, there's like a hook and then a, a gun on the other one. Yep, exactly. Now I remember. I forgot all about those. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing you had going on at San Diego was the Mondo piece that, that you designed. That was an original design, right? Right. I, I worked with someone i'm not sure exactly who did the original designs um for mondo but i that was a starting point and i kind of pushed it as far as i could go uh, so it's about it's about half and half my my concept and and his concept wow um but yeah i actually just wrapped that up um because what we had shown at san diego was um something that looked like a finished action figure but none of the articulation was functioning at that point mm-hmm. so now yeah so i i had to take some you know a good amount of time to actually finish that have you worked with mondo much before nope that was the first time i worked with them wow uh, my my friend aaron white um just moved over to mondo from dc so uh when when he got there he gave me a call as soon as he started working there Dude, that's nice. awesome. Nice little, yeah. uh, yeah, I get someone. And that's a cool, I mean, that is an awesome figure because it is so uh, different. And yeah. it's got that, it's just, uh, I mean, how big is it going to be? It, I mean, uh, to the top of his head should be probably 12 and a half inches. Yeah, which um, is a monster. Yeah, with the wings, the wings are f- fully articulated. So they will, uh, each, each wing has three sort of, uh, feather things on it so they yeah. splay yeah, they can splay out and they like can articulate. yeah if and anybody toes... wants go ahead no, <laughs> Sorry, no, go ahead, I'm, go getting ahead. All, I'm getting all nerdy no yeah <laughs> his, his toes articulate too kind of like a like an eagle 
So it should be interesting. Yeah, if anybody wants to see what it looks like, you got pictures of them on your page right now. So mm-hmm. um, you have the display version uh, that was at San Diego, and then you also have um, the uh, the digital sculpt of it. So that gives you a better mm-hmm. a better idea of what it's going to look like. So, dude, you're and just going through your page, man, you're absolutely just everywhere right now. You got the um, the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Batman cowl that's coming out from their cowl line that they've been doing. Right. Right. Yep. Which is a very cool line. Um, yeah, I mean, and you did a great job on that. That looks awesome. So there's a lot of crazy uh, Nolan nerds out there. They're going to love that. That's good, man. I'm excited for that line. For sure. Yeah. And then I think something that definitely needs to be mentioned is um, your very awesome uh, Batman team and T figures. Right, um, right. They just hit stores. Yeah, well, and store. <laughs> have you heard of the, the, the resale uh, nuttiness on that? I have I've been meaning to check it out on eBay, but I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Is so it, last yeah. last I saw, it was like one hundred and thirty dollars per two pack, mm. I think, on eBay. So those wow. things are super popular right now, and uh, GameStop GameStop exclusive. So if you're at a GameStop and you see those guys, you got to grab them because they're going fast. Yeah. Uh, and between between the Batman fans and the Turtle fans, they're it's just they're they're rabid about right. it. Right. It's a crazy crossover right now, and it's a, it's a great time to, uh, you know, to kind of make, get something like, because um, I think the comics came out uh, about, what was it, like two or three years ago when they started doing those crossovers, mm-hmm. when it was first announced, and then yep. when they announced figures for it, people went nuts. Yeah. So, yeah. very cool. That How long have you been like, working on that? Uh, uh, on that line? line? Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I can't remember exactly when I did them. I would... I want to say uh, eight months ago. But what was amazing about the release of those was that they announced them right a month before they became available, right? Yeah. A month and a a half. Right. That was amazing. Yeah, very quick. Mm -hmm. So people did not have to wait very long to uh, get their hands on them, get their greasy little nerdy paws on them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, and I I did not expect that. So that, that was exciting to be able to get something that i did so quickly you know back yeah. to me to be able yeah. to play with them <laughs> that's cool what, what is the timeline between when you start work on something and the time that sees the market is there like an average or does it just vary um well fast is probably seven eight months but mm. i'm just i'm used to a year for things at this point um so it's it's hard when you really enjoy enjoy working on a project and you can't talk about it and you know you, yeah. just, you just try to forget about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so as so as not to spoil it. Or when you want it, like you want it physically in your hands, you know, to get yeah. to this to display and so, which is cool because like, you know, you're one of the guys that creates the stuff, but I think I feel like you have just as much fun collecting it as you do making it. Yeah, I mean, I've always been a collector, so it's not like I just kind of stumbled into this business. It, you know, it's it's been in my DNA since I can remember. Absolutely, that's always, awesome. I'm always collecting something. Yeah, always <laughs> ob- obsessing, obsessing about something. But with me, I can't focus like on a certain like I can't just focus on Batman. You know, right. I'm all, I'm all over the place, so it can get expensive. Yeah, so that's that's what's, what's hard is. What's your new new uh, thing you got going now? What are, what are you after now? Uh, 
I, I collect vintage Star Wars figures. Yes, dude. Um, so that's I'm I'm on the hunt. I try to be smart about it. So I hunt for a certain like a handful of things at a time without, you know, just killing the wallet. So, you know, I collect things like uh, Toy Fair catalogs. Um, awesome. Various weird things. Yeah, that's I just cool. Picked up a, I just picked up a 1982 Kenner catalog from Toy Fair. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Talk about uh, trying to not break the bank too much. The Star Wars uh, figures are not that uh, cheap at the old uh, resale market, are they? No, they're not. So I don't. I don't buy as many as I would like to. But my my focus is bounty hunters. Oh. Um. So that's that's like my biggest love. One of my biggest loves. Um, any any gems that you've been able to acquire recently? Well. Fairly recently, I just got a, a Bosque, you know, beautiful AFA 81. Um, wow. So that's exciting. But I'm always hunting for that Boba Fett that, you know, is going to, everyone else is going to miss. <laughs> what about the uh, the uh, prototype that was never released with the uh, shooting uh, uh, jetpack? Right, right, right. The rocket firing Boba Fett. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, those are at $90,000 right now. Holy so shit. <laughs> Yeah, and one just sold for ninety ninety five something like that. So I I don't even think about that one. But what, <laughs> I, what, what I do go after is the cards, um, the nineteen seventy nine cards that have the offer on the front and the back of the rocket firing Boba Fett. That's really what is what does it for me. Now, how much would something like that go for? Just like the card with the offer on it. Well, you know, I I look for perfect cards, perfect bubbles. You know perfect figures so they can range anywhere from like you know 500 to a thousand each that is nuts man yeah so crazy um ever taken a look at rick springfield's collection i do not know nope no did you do you know that he collects he has one of the best um star wars figure collections really rick springfield the musician yes yeah (laughs) like i did not know that is his, that's his thing. His Star Wars figures are his thing. Whoa. And there's a mini, there's like a five minute little mini doc about it on YouTube. If you just search mm-hmm. Rick Springfield Star Wars mm-hmm. and uh, he goes through um, auction houses. I forget what specific one that he goes through to, uh, to acquire them. Um, and then obviously, you know, to get others, he, he has, so he, he collected them since he was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And so he has some that are on card from when he was a kid that he collects. And so he's gotten mm-hmm. to the point where. You know, he's got multiples, he's got all these, and he, and he will he will auction off to acquire new ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just insane, though. Like, this little documentary, like, you go to, they, they, they this camera crew goes to his house, and he brings out his collection, he puts it on his dining room table, and it's so funny, it's just like, man, these, like, we're everywhere. Like, everybody <laughs> has this thing in their brain, like, you know, it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you do for a living. It's true, it's yeah. true. It's really funny. Yeah. But um, I, I spent a good portion of the day hunting stuff today. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I know the yeah just mostly online, but I know how it feels. What were you after today? You mostly Star Wars stuff, but I'm all over. I'm I'm looking at superpowers, carded stuff, um, occasionally GI Joe, but it, yeah. it, most anything that falls in that that range from like eighty eighty one to eighty five. That little sweet spot. Speaking mm-hmm. of superpowers, the tweeter headline that you've been doing is looking awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
Batman is out now. I haven't yeah. received them yet, but <laughs> I know some people have. That's cool, Do you guys have Batman? No, he's a monster of a piece. Um, the thing about it is like uh, space, you know, limited space. Um, <laughs> yeah. Ability to display something like that. And he's amazing looking. Um, are there any other pieces in, the, in that line that you can talk about? Yeah, I mean, after that, um, Robin is coming out. Right. We thought he would come out at the same time as Batman, but uh, we kind of changed his base up a little bit. And, you know, we went back and forth with Warner Brothers a little bit. So he should be out soon. Um, after it, that, That's actually better for a lot of people to have them spaced out because, you know, right. it, it's a lot easier to, to decide to get both if they come out one at a time rather than if they come out at the same time. Like, ah, well, I'm just going to get Batman and... I won't worry about Robin because I can't afford both of them. Yeah, it's reality, you know. Yeah, like I, don't I got. Know, I don't yeah. know how people buy this whole line. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I got the, the Joker, the Harley, and Bud and Lou because cool. they were spread out. Right. Like I, I could get them one at a time, and it wasn't uh, wasn't crazy. Right. Right. And then, yeah. Tweeterhead does. Um, they 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 work with Sideshow too, so you can do you can do payment plans. Right, so Which it helps. makes and it's big time. It's not it's not getting any easier, you know. The statue market is tough for everybody, and you know, with with tariffs, prices seem like they're just going to go up. Dude, really? Like that's you know what was it that I was? Oh, I mean, I was trying to think. I'm trying to remember what it was, but I remember I was trying to get something, or I forgot what happened, and um, they something that that was supposedly supposed to come in on order. Um, someone was explaining, so yeah, we're just not getting any. They're not sending. Oh, I had to go and get my iPhone fixed. And, uh, I went to the Apple store and I was like, Hey, or I went to, I think the Sprint store or whatever. And I was like, I needed this, you know, this piece. And the guy's like, listen, man, like we can't repair your phone right now. We can only replace it. And I go, why is that? And he goes, because the specific piece that you need is an adhesive that we get from China, but because of the tariffs, we can't get it right now. They just aren't sending it. And wow. then so, I, yeah, and then I had heard that with another company with um, a statue where mm. they couldn't they just couldn't release it because they didn't have like something specific because of the tariffs. It's just nuts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. As stuff. Far, yeah. As far as I know, for all the, the companies that I work for, it's um, everything is staying the same. It's good. Um, yeah. I don't want to scare people too much. No. But yeah, Martian Manhunter just came out. A couple months ago from Tweeterhead, and then let's see, next year is Dark Side. Oh yes, um, followed by Steppenwolf, I believe. Holy crap! Yep, and um, Samurai, which I can't wait for you guys to see. If you're if you're Superpowers fans, I mean, I, Samurai was one of my most favorite characters from the show. Mm -hmm. So this was I've had this one done for a long time, just waiting. That's what I wanted to ask. Uh, being a superpowers fan, you know, that you you're still going back and trying to collect uh, original stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. How cool was it when you got the chance to work on these for Tweeterhead? Oh, it was just like I've been I've been working my whole life just to get to this point. I'm not saying it's the ultimate thing in in my life, but it was just something I I always wanted to do. Because the, I, I always had an appreciation for the superpowers line. Like I like, I like the sculpts on a number of figures. So I 
always had it in my little head, you know, when I was a kid that I could improve on them, even though they were cool. And I finally, you know, finally get to touch some of the coolest characters. And I would love to do all the weird ones from that show. Oh, yeah, yeah man. You know, yeah. and the coolest part about it is like, you know, you're so talented. And um, the the way I think, did, did you have the artistic freedom to make it look just kind of modern and make the characters just really have that detail? Um, or is that, I mean, I think that's what Tweeterhead is about. They, they really like the high quality looking detail. Yeah. I mean, if it just, it, it just kind of comes out for me. I, I, I know there's a fine line between making it look like something that people can appreciate, you know, with all the, with all the competition in the statue market. But at the same time, you know, having that bit of nostalgia mm -hmm. for like, I'm looking at Martian Manhunter right now. And for me, it looks exactly like uh, the action figure, which I love so much. The Martian Manhunter was one of my favorites as a kid. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to take everything that was good from that and then take everything that I could, you know, from a modern sensibility and just put them together. And hopefully people feel the same way. Same I, with, the, and same with Batman, too. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The colors, yeah. I think, um, just the way that you are able to like your sculpt makes makes the colors pop i feel like and yeah. and uh the just the end result is just such a great like mix of the detail that you get with your with your sculpt and then the brightness of what they add to it and it just makes everything pop and mm -hmm. i think that's why that batman specific you know the oval on his chest yeah. you know um just that classic look to it makes it just like really pop another piece that i know it's not the superpowers line but you did it um, your Joker piece. I know that it was announced like maybe two or three years ago when they had it on display, um, mm -hmm. and it's been out for a bit. But man, that Joker piece like is amazing, and um, I really got You're talking about the tweeter head statue. The tweeter head, yeah. And then yep, this, that this, is that is superpowers as well. Is it really? God, man, yep. that's amazing. Yep. So that's what I mean. Like that looks like super like modern and awesome, but it still gives like totally total homage to like the like the, what he's wearing like the suit that you put him in and, and the um you know the what he's what he's wearing looks so classic but his like face sculpt and the detail about him is like modern um yeah much 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 uh praise has to be given to the smoke the gas behind uh -huh. him <laughs> yeah thank you yeah man because the way they and then the way they paint that to make it look so like it's just i don't know how they did it it just looks awesome yeah, Jason Wires, like he he tried a few things for that, and he just he just came up with something perfect that that doesn't even need to be backlit, like just just ambient light in the room can make yeah. it can make it since it's translucent uh -huh. can make it feel like smoke. So yeah, he did he did a great job with that. Yeah, you reposted the, 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 uh, the same goes for the flames on Harley's jetpack. Hmm. Yeah, the, mm -hmm. it has that great amount of trans translucent with the with the color that yeah any any amount of light shining on it mm -hmm. look pretty good. And you know we're yep. talking about um, that. Okay, so they're they're very big pieces, but I'm looking at the prices of them, dude. These are like so affordable, actually. Now that I look at them, yeah, absolutely. I mean, compare comparatively, you know, they're these yeah. Are like, these things are like you know ten pounds. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah amazing yeah amazing pieces uh not for the not for batman and robin but like we're i think 
we were, <clears throat> were scaling down the bases a tiny bit. Like the Joker was, it was he's a lot of base, but it really works for the character. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, man, yeah. So if anybody wants to see what these look like again, you can check out uh, Paul Harding Harding Studios uh, at Instagram. He's got all these awesome pictures. The boxes look awesome too. Um, <laughs> the Bud and Lou, that's awesome mm. too. Yeah, and thank you. That that's one of those pieces that like you'll never get a chance to do those again, you know, to, to be able to do them realistically like that. Yeah. That and was sort of, sort of once in a lifetime, not, not, I barely even knew the characters before that, but it's just that, that type of project is just plain fun. Yeah. yeah it's different. I wonder if Paul uh, Dini has gotten a chance to see that, see those guys, because um, I know he'd get an awesome kick out of that. Um, Yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul's a huge collector. I'm sure he has them already. I'm sure they sent them to him. So um, cool. We, we we had Paul on the show. Oh, this was years ago too. But uh, at the time, one of the things we discussed, uh, his wife Misty was on as well, and I think it was her that brought up uh, how crazy Paul's collection is. And from the stuff that's in his house, he has something like twelve storage lockers full of stuff. Whoa. And no, that was so. that's going back like two, three years ago. She, but she corrected us because we called it lockers, but she said no, they were. Um, I forgot the term, but they're like you can fit cars, you can like park a car in them. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, hangers. Wow. She didn't say hangers, but it's like she. He has like however many <laughs> like garages. Yeah. Yes, at that same storage unit, and it's just he's the kind of guy that he'll go on vacation and he'll just see something that he wants. He knows he can't have it in his house, but he'll just get it sent. He'll just have it <laughs> right. sent to his storage. Right. And then, yeah, every once in a while, he's got to go and check it out. Well, cool. well, he has in the house, like, a stuffed ox or something, like a taxidermy. A, bear. a taxidermy <laughs> massive bear, like, at his entrance in his walkway when you walk in. That's epic. Hilarious. That is epic. I yeah. know. So th- this is uh, way backtracking. Uh, we were talking about the Batman Black and Whites and that you uh, have your 10th one coming now. Mm-hmm. I know that I have maybe, I might have all 10 of them. Uh, what was the first one that you did? And, and how, did that, uh, how did that come up? Man, that was Matt Wagner. And that was, that was 14 years ago. Wow. And I think, I think that was the, the 10th. That was the 10th Batman Black and White. Wow. Which, which makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that's possible. But yeah, that was one of the really early projects I um, I got from DC. And that was 14 years ago at San Diego Comic-Con was when I entered their talent search. No and way. And won it. Yeah. Um, and the, the prize for winning it was a gig. And That's I awesome. believe Beppo, Beppo the Super Monkey action figure was my first gig there. And then the Batman Black and White was probably third or fourth one. Yeah. Matt Wagner. Great cape on that piece. Oh, what a nightmare. It doesn't look like it was <laughs> doesn't it wouldn't be difficult in sculpting it digitally now. Um, but that was done in, in clay. And wow. to try to match them up to make them look even was much harder than I anticipated came out looking amazing though thank you thank you and and that's very cool to have gotten on board with the with the series as they hit double digits mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. they're hitting double digits that's that's a lot of statues yeah 
Yeah, I I got the tenth one and the ninety ninth one. <laughs> That's, That's insane. The ninety ninth. Yeah, Doug Menke. You also did the recent yep. Klaus Jansen. Yep, Klaus. That one's so Zow. badass. And Kenneth Rockefort is my most recent one. This super strange design. Kind of xenomorphic. Um, That's right, yeah. That that Klaus Jansen one was interesting because it was based off of just a commission that he did for a person. Because I posted this on my Instagram and this guy commented and said, that's my commission. (laughs) Right. And... He was like, "This is amazing." I mean, that's insane. His commission that he requested for Klaus came yeah. out in a statue. That's, that's yep. Awesome. He just got lucky on that one. <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. like you have to get that piece and display it together. Then, oh, for sure. For so sure. the the Kenneth Rockefeller piece that you were talking about, how did that one come about? Like, what is that based on? That is, as far as I know, he did original sketches um by request from dc collectibles for that wow so and i think he showed them on his page but he did some he did some turns of the character standing up and as soon as i saw it i i was just blown away i was like i i got a shiver the um the sketch was so amazing truly and i had worked with him previously on the superman statue from their uh man of steel line kind of like the batman black and white line but they're shiny Mm. so i got to know him i got to be friends with him so i was really excited to be able to do that one for him that's awesome man what what kind of uh what kind of projects or like sketches artists or art and stuff like that usually catch your eye more as a sculptor to want to work on Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Some, some artists have a lot of information in their, in their sketches. Some artists have too much information. Some artists just have no information. Like say, like, uh, you know, Bruce Tim or, you know, Mm. you, it, it leaves so much up to, I don't want to say interpretation, but filling in the blanks as far as where planes start and stop, depending on the angle that you're looking at it. But say someone like Kenneth Rockfort, he has so much information going on in his sketches that you kind of have to distill it in a different way than you would with Bruce Tim. Um, But for me, it's kind of the end point is, the journey is similar and the end point is, is similar as well. So... I don't know who I really enjoy working on the most. But, but I mean, do you like the mo- the more obscure characters or just the mm. more, uh, you know, fantasy yeah. type characters or, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I love obscure. Absolutely. And I beg every company that I work for to let me just do something weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's... I'm like, just give me something different, anything weird, you know. But would I choose those if I wasn't so um, inundated with Batman and, you know, A characters, A characters like that? Uh, um, Not sure. If I had my choice, I would be working on like Akira stuff and Lone Wolf and Cub, (laughs) things like that. 
cool. Um, but I always, I, I have to go back. I need the balance. So For, yeah, I get to work. I get to work on realistic stuff. I get to work on cartoon stuff. So there, you know, there's a healthy balance there. Um, or the more that, like um, popular characters, do you prefer like original art sketches, or do you mm-hmm. prefer something maybe from a published comic? Um, there are there, well, there's different challenges with each one. I, I, you know, I I get some enjoyment out of bringing a famous image to life for right. sure. Um, but at the same time, I enjoyed doing things where I might have a little more freedom. If yeah. if if an artist just gives me a sketch that no one has seen before, mm-hmm. that's more of a chance for me to do a, to do put my my stamp on it too. Right. Yeah. It's a uh, Halloween time and something that uh you got to do that's obviously super classic are the universal monster masks that you did yeah. for Party City. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. totally awesome. How did you get involved with that? Well, I've been working for Party City for a while now. I do a lot of masks, um, a lot of strange, you know, like hanging heads for <laughs> for porches and things like that. Just odd, you know, odd things, but they're generally, um, you know, heads or masks. So it's probably been um, four or five years that I've been working for them. Um, but yeah, this one was... I was excited to be able to do these and there's one more coming out that I don't know. I don't know why they haven't shown it yet. Um, but, uh, that Wolfman was, a was a fun challenge and I was very happy to be able to do that. Boris Karloff Frankenstein. Yeah, dude, nailed it. Never sculpted him before, but you know, you, you have that image in your head your whole life, you know, at some point I knew I would. Yeah. Inspired Clayface too. Um, So do you do you get to get like do they send you those masks as well? Um, s- some companies send them. Some I have to ask. So I, they probably wouldn't send them to me. Um, if I asked, they would. That's awesome. But I, but I also have a party city like two miles from me. Oh. <laughs> o- oddly enough, you know, it's just coincidence. You just walk in there and point and be like, "I did that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the people working at the cashier are like, "Sure, Jan." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're closed, sir. Yeah, <laughs> please go home. Yeah, and she, she presses the button under the counter. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I don't tell anybody any any of that anymore. I've I've gotten that out of my system. That's so funny. <laughs> you, you don't just stand under them on the display. They they're up on the wall. You just stand with your arms crossed, so full of pride and smiling. <laughs> Handing well, one to everyone that walks up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. What happens is that they all come to his door at Halloween, and he just rips them off their head and signs it for them and gives them. <laughs> right. yeah. True, true. I have done a number of Batman things for them, um, which I don't even know if I ever showed or I, I have no idea. But probably two years ago, I did it. I did a number of full head uh, latex masks and um, some really cheap kids masks that go right on the front. Nice. Yeah. Classic stuff. That, yeah, you know, every kid's gonna want that. Yeah, I'm like right when I want to get away from Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I I think I'm working on Batman all the time. Yeah, or, or Batman related characters. You know. Yeah, pays the mortgage. Hey, oh, hey, I love it. Would never <laughs> would never trade it for anything. He's, I, and the he's people... always always there for me. 
and you make some of the best ones too. Like you know, some of the best pieces that that are out there, like that people still love taking pictures of and stuff. Like one that comes to mind, it's just so classic. The um, uh, the Arkham Asylum Joker figure, mm-hmm. um, the six inch, yeah. like such a classic. Yeah. Everyone, er, everyone loves that figure, and it's so classic. You know, it's like uh, thanks, man. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, very then, excited to be able to work on that one. Yes, loved it. And, and then and another one. Rare to look at a figure in that scale and not have any issues with it because it's so small and all the all the mm-hmm. details details are so tiny on it. But that one figure that it that is just a, as close to perfect as as any figure can be. Thank you so much. That I mean, that's those are kind words. That that was sculpted completely in wax too. Oh, wow! Imagine you know how you have to do wrinkles around the eyes and teeth and things like that jesus i still have the um the sickened head variant um the wax master yeah and i wish yeah the, I wish you guys could see it in person when he's like uh but his face is all bubbled over and stuff yeah that was yeah. i think it was a 2011 new york exclusive yeah some of those are hard to get man especially yeah. if you didn't catch them while they were out so it's what true. size, what scale do you make the wax mold on, like your sculpture? Well, I quit I quit sculpting things by hand about uh, nine years ago, I think. Um, so those are, everything is one-to-one. Well, when, actually, when I was working for Marvel, uh, when I was doing Marvel Legends, I would do pieces at 150%, um, but that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I have no idea how the technology works. How they they pan they panograph it down. I couldn't tell you how it works, but it's old technology. But when you're making that Arkham Joker, it's basically yeah. life size. Well, no, the Arkham Joker was was that size that I was thinking. Oh, one to one. Yeah, right. One that's one to one. Wow, um, that's hard. It is hard. I mean, I'm lucky my eyesight was good when I was working like that, so I didn't have to use magnifying glasses or anything. Yeah. But I think if I kept if I kept up sculpting traditionally, um, I think, let's see, I did Poison Ivy in that line, um, the Riddler, who I like how the Riddler came out. He, those were both wax. And then that was when I transitioned. I did Ross Al Ghul was digital. He was one of my first digital figures. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that it was either like the armored, the armored one. He's like he's all armored up. I've got yeah, him on my shelf right now. Oh, cool. Yep, and he's got tattoos. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Was he the oh, Arkham I... City version? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's when he was in that game. That game, those games are the first two are so good. Yeah, yeah, they were excellent. Yeah, and the figures came out with them that were awesome too. Um. You made the switch from doing clay sculpting to doing the digital, and obviously I'm sure it's easier that you can zoom in and get the fine details when doing it digitally, but is there anything that you miss maybe uh, from from doing it to the clay uh, the clay sculpting? I, just the, I think just the feeling of having it in my hand and be, being able to have the finished piece. Yeah. right in front of me um but it was it was always hard to give up like finishing a sculpt in wax like after working on it for weeks it was really hard to give it up 
like to send it to the toy company. You know, now there's just, you know, I have a lot less attachment to the statues that I work on. Um, mm. Because there isn't that, there isn't that same feeling of working on something physical. Mm. You know, but I wouldn't trade it, honestly. I, I haven't gone back once in nine or ten years. It's just and so it's convenient. All about, it's just convenience. It's all about, you know, schedule, scheduling and doing more work. So it, it, work, cuts, it cuts down uh, your production time doing mm-hmm. it digitally? Yeah. Significantly. I, you can do pieces like three to five times faster. Whoa. Yeah. So, was, yeah and, and that's doing this professionally, you, you have to take advantage of that then because doing it three to five times faster means you're making three to five times more income. Right. And, but I'm also taking in three, three times as much work. Oh man. Um, so it, it's crazier, but it's a cleaner, it's a cleaner process. Um, you know, there was, there was one point where I was on the phone with Marvel and I set my chair on fire. What? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know, go on. Like, <laughs> I gotta hear that. I'm in a I'm in a swivel chair. My phone is on one table behind me, and I have a I have a fire lit on an alcohol torch on the other table, right on, uh, you know, 180 degrees from the, the phone table. And I I spin around to get a phone call from Marvel, and the and I lean back, and the chair goes right over the table and right over the alcohol torch. Jesus. And I'm like. And this is this is where it gets funny, because I start smelling smoke. And I'm like, what is that? And I'm in a swivel chair, and I spin the chair around, and there's nothing nothing there. (laughs) I'm like, my chair's on fire. And and Jesse Falcon was on the line with me. He's like, Paul, what? Paul, stop. What are you? What are you talking about? I'm like, I gotta go. (laughs) My chair's. And I spun. I must have spun around five times, wondering what was happening. Oh my god. I'm, so, I'm fairly you're describing a Monty Python sketch. <laughs> Precisely. Precisely. I don't miss that stuff, even though it was funny. It's, so, it's just it's low impact exercise now for me. <laughs> so what you're saying is this is one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying, Joan. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, Do you ever dude. will you ever uh or I'm sure have you been contacted about doing like any type of like movie franchise merchandise stuff? Um, in you mean in term products for movies or working on movies before they're made? Well, I mean like um, it or James Bond or any franchise, you know, aliens, yeah. any any stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, as far as aliens goes, I did a. I did a sculpt that they turned into a cookie jar. Um, that was a few years ago. That's rad. And it was a, definitely a cool piece. Um, some stuff I can't talk about, I want to talk about, uh, that would interest you. Can't say it. Let's see, I'm just looking at my collection. Coming uh, out soon, no. though? Uh, no. <laughs> no? No. <Damn>. No. <laughs> He's no. living in the future. So one of those kind of year in a year's time kind of things. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you know what? Sometimes what is the reason for the long delay 
between like maybe a movie coming out and then the collectibles coming out and the collectibles you know you know what it probably is most of the time it's people chairs that on fire <laughs> yeah it's usually chairs you know i chalk it up to chairs <laughs> um part of it is the studio and the licensee wants to find out if it's a successful movie so that they can judge sales by that um but also it's like studios like Warner Brothers, they don't want to give up um, concept art or photography from their movies before mm. any before the movies are announced. So like, because yeah, fucking Lego spoils it. Say again. Because fucking Lego spoils it. Oh god, <laughs> they sure do. I can't even go through the Lego aisle anymore. You know. Yeah. Um. But so when I do get um movie related stuff like i worked on the dark knight rises and when they send you stuff like that it's they have your name written all over the images like every inch is taken up by your name so <laughs> if that so if that image gets out everyone knows who did it um so yeah. they they take they take precautions but their biggest precaution is not even starting projects until the movie's out man yeah yeah um okay so we'll just have to wait for about a year until we figure out uh, the cool stuff that you got coming out but um excited <laughs> for it yeah. yeah something that is coming out that uh is it already out but man dude like we've been waiting for a really quality figure of this your dc essentials red hood yes and i I wanted to talk about that too because that one I think was a home run, you know. Yes. It's I'm really happy with how it came out because I know people had people had some issues with the length of the arms and stuff on some some of the previous essentials and I I fixed that up for the red hood. So he's as close to a perfect essentials figure as, as we we got. He looks just absolutely fantastic like you know the design of the character is perfect because like he's got i think it's just like the symmetry maybe that makes him look so awesome Mm -hmm. um but his jacket his mask his two guns i mean this is the figure that like red hood fans have been like dying for that's awesome well i didn't know that but i'm glad i'm glad yeah to give it to him yeah it's it's uh People are going to be happy with him. I don't see any issues, really. <laughs> yeah, looking looking at the pictures that you've posted of him out of the box, um, his the way you're able to pose him, the way he's you know, he just looks fantastic. Thank you. Thank um, you. And the, yeah, there's there's a huge shortage I think that I hear about of a lot of people always say not enough Red Hood figures and not enough yeah. Alfred figures. Alfred. Those are the two. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah there's, I mean, uh, when was the last when was the last time you got a good Alfred figure? They just did. Was it Mattel? Who was it, Gramps? Mattel mm-hmm. did the DC Multiverse, and they came yep. out with the comic version, the '89 mm-hmm. sculpt, and um, the TV show, TV show '66, mm-hmm. and also a real lesser known sculpt from I want to say a '60s or '70s comic where. Um, Alfred is known as, um, uh, gosh, is that what you're talking about? Dead Alfred? 
Yeah, dead Alfred. Yeah. Mm. So it's mm. it's a it's a single body, but he comes with four head sculpts. Yeah, four head sculpts, and it lo- oh, it looks awesome. great. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Cool. I mean, for Mattel, it's it's actually pretty pretty decent. Like, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's def it's a it's a four in one Alfred figure, so you can't complain too much. No, but, that's um, that's like perfect. But yeah, if there's we one com- there's one in the Ninja Turtles line too. Yes, I didn't, yes, I didn't sculpt it, but he looks pretty cool. Well, I mean, maybe we can put it in uh, DC Collectibles' ear that uh, maybe you should do one for the Essentials line as well. <laughs> that's true. That's, we would have to reuse parts, though. That's the nature of the essentials. So maybe we could use some of the Joker parts or something. Yeah, you know, that's it's interesting that you say that. I did not know that. Okay, so DC Collectibles being, again, such a small operation, yeah. I didn't know that, um, you know, the molds, the metal molds that they make, mm-hmm. like, cost so much money oh, to make. Yeah. That um, oh, a, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people, because DC Collectibles makes great stuff, but um, you know, it's it's sometimes uh, the amount that you get is is not as you know, like Mattel can just create like just insane amounts of certain things, right? Um, right. And just, you know, they a completely different animal. Right. Mattel and DC Collectibles, Hasbro right. versus DC Collectibles. You know right. why? Like you hear why can't. Why can't DC collectibles be more be more like Marvel Legends and things like that? I mean, people yeah. complain about people complain about everything, but right. the fact is that it it will never happen because it's the size of the company. Yeah, you know, look what other companies pump out action figures. You know, mm-hmm. not not many. Your go to yeah. like your go to for six or seven inch action figures are the hugest the hugest companies mm-hmm. in the world. So and they have the ability they have a lot more control over their factories because they give they give so much money to the factories right you know that they can get lower prices for their steel molds yeah yeah i don't but think yeah, i mean if, yeah go ahead i was saying i don't think fans understand um you know how small dc collectibles is i mean the quality is very high because of that um but they don't understand that it's like they don't have like a massive warehouse that just pumps out these figures and um, it takes a while and it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money to make these things. And, you know, they have to sell well in order to kind of keep making them. And um, so if you, that's why we tell people, man, if you see something that they make that you like and you really love it, buy it and tell your yeah. friends to buy it because that's only going to help out with creating more. And a good example is like that animated series line was a really big mm-hmm. hit. So mm-hmm. um, people are you know, people went and out and bought that in mass and then they're able to kind of continue making all the different ad characters. Um, I think that the same thing for maybe this TMNT thing might be something similar to where it's a limited GameStop run, but because the demand is so high, I hope that that means that they'll continue on either with this line or uh, something mm-hmm. similar. But like what people need to understand is like, you got to support this stuff, you know, specifically with DC collectibles. Like if you like it, buy it, tell people to buy it. So that way they can keep making it. Yeah, better yet, pre-order it. I mean, there that's you go. the real—that's the real way to keep a company going. You know, yeah. And things like the essentials line, I think we've surpassed like the amount of fi- figures um, versus the icons line at this point. Oh yeah. Um, people were, I I think we hit like thirty figures in the icons line though. So we're a great line. Thank you. Thank you. That was my baby. Um, just like essentials are my, they're my baby too. 
it feels good to be able to, you know, start an action figure line and like continue it for as long as, you know, it's got legs. Yeah. So I'm happy essentials can, can continue. Yeah. Powering through. I think I have, I know at least I have every justice league member for the icons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, yep. that was cool to be able to get that whole, uh, that whole justice league, uh, line for that at least. Um, yeah. but back to the red hood. Um, yeah. So, okay. So yeah, I mean like it is such a perfect looking figure. How, how did the kind mm-hmm. of process go with from start to finish with making that guy? Cause it sounds like you took some feedback. Um, well, really, it, the process is extremely streamlined because we're using the same body that Jay Fabach designed um, in the first place. And really, I all I had to do was give him, you know, unique uh, shins and feet and prop, well, hands and arms, actually. He had a lot of unique parts, um, but it was all based right off this the buck body that we've been using. Mm. So, so the process was was quick. Um, there weren't a lot of questions. There wasn't a lot of feedback involved. We just we just had you know a couple years under our belts to be able to get something done quickly. You know, and quickly is the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, end result is fantastic though. So I mean, yeah, people are going to be uh, pumped about that guy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I was, been I was super about... pumped about the uh, Black Adam Shazam two pack. Oh yeah, love that. I was very happy, very happy with how with how they came out too. And really, that was just you know the same figure. Just, yeah, same figure. I just had to do uh, some uh, a new belt, uh, boots, um, I guess some quick forearms and some heads and capes. But they they share all those same parts, so the heads were the only different things between those two figures. But they they look they look good in you know together in the pack. Oh yeah, yeah. I love them. Uh, we've we've mostly been talking uh, the DC pieces, but yeah. uh, another piece that it, uh, well a line that uh, is at least popular at the shop I work at is the Gentle Giant Wolverine line of statues that you, that you did. Mm. Yes. Uh, if, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's uh, a series of Wolverine like uh, they're they're full statues, and uh, it's they're all in the the exact same pose, but each one is a different costume from different generations. You know all the different designs that he's had. There's an old man Logan, like his first appearance mm-hmm. look. You know all the different ones through the years. Uh, so yeah, we have we have some guys at the shop that collected the whole line of those, got each one as they came out. Oh, cool. Yeah, those were fun. And um yeah, those were called Wolverine through the ages. Um let me see. I is Wolverine 74 out yet? I think he just came out. So that's the first appearance one was the final one to come out. Um and those that line, that line of four is actually inside a greater line called um uh, uh what is it called? Gallery Collector's Gallery. So I've done about 10 in total for the collector's gallery line no more than that 10 11 or 12 but it but marvel is included um star wars the mcu is included but yes the wolverines were fun and i got to draw on you know some of that some of that comic art that i grew up with 
um, that really made a, an impression on me. Everything from Jim Lee to uh, Frank Miller. Yeah, that repost you did of Forbidden Planet, that uh, yellow and blue really pops mm. out in the middle right there. Uh, yeah. Something that I found out by accident, uh, I posted a photo of one of them on, uh, on the Comic Shop's uh, Facebook page. And as someone pointed out, uh, I guess if you shoot these from the right, just the right angle, it looks like he's peeing. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's, it's hard to unsee that after you, after you think about it. <laughs> and with but now it's, it's made me not... curious. Like, I want to see a photo of all of them that, hmm. you know, so like they're just, you know, standing, standing along a line in the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I'm really happy think, that you uh, you were able to make these guys look just like us. They're just like us, Paul. That's right, man. Yep. <laughs> Thank <Always> you too. <laughs> Perma P. <laughs> yep, in, that, in that line, the latest one to come out was Darth Maul, and he just came out this week. Oh yes, dude. I was gonna say that Star Wars piece. Mm-hmm. And he's like yep, that those... sweet pose that he's in. It's crazy so I, inhuman, inhuman ability. Yeah. <laughs> I assume that was uh, their idea to do the Wolverine uh, Generations, or was that something that you uh, took to them? Uh, no, that was... Now, the name escapes me, but those were covers from a book, um, okay. some Wolverine series. And the art was com- completely uh, different from this. But it was the same. It was the same concept. They're just standing there with their with the claws crossed, um, and it was. I believe it was the same. You know, Wolverine eighty seventy four, Old Man Logan, in like nineteen ninety two. But it was very. Um, how do you describe the art? Um, very conceptual, sketchy, sketchy art. Mm-hmm. Yep. You you were able to go in, go in and kind of do your thing on it. Well, yeah, that was one of the projects where I was able to basically completely do my thing and that's just cool did, you know at, as if they were came out of the comic book you know yeah yeah do you prefer that when it's like uh when it's like very low amount of detail and you get to kind of do your own thing or do you prefer having like the roadmap no i i like doing my own thing yeah so that's why that's why tweeterhead is fun that's why these collectors galleries um pieces are fun yeah yeah because I like I like it when people trust me. Yeah. Now it's different. It's different for like for DC collectibles because it's the their whole game is artist based. So I have to be able to be a new a different artist every single week and you know keep, crazy. keep up with them on that. And that's exciting. I've I've always enjoyed that with them. Um, but it is nice to be able to someone to just like say do four Wolverine statues and make them all look cool. That's yeah. ideal. You know, that's totally ideal. However you want to do it. Yeah. And, you know, the same with that Batman superpower statue. The same with the Joker. Yeah. Just make it as cool as possible. I'm trying to, I, th- I think that Joker has to be my favorite of the line. Uh, you know, so far, so far. Mm. Because, because of you. how, um, how much detail you put into it and just how awesome it looks. The Batman's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Classic. But that yeah. Joker, I feel like you like went off on it. I did. That's, I mean, that's my boy. He's, I've always been a Joker fan. Um, 
I want to say since, you know, since 1984 when the superpowers figure came out, but it was really, you know, 1980, 88, 89, you know, when he killed Jason Todd, then when he appears in the movie. Oh, that man. Was, that was it. Yeah. I was, I was in love. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to uh, top that that perform, especially when at that age, you know, like when you're just soaking all that stuff up for the first time. Yep, yep. And I at that age, I was like, I was uh, thirteen, fourteen years old. So yeah, that such, was such an impressionable age. Yeah, and I've been. That's when I started drawing the Joker, and you know, I'm, I. My face is is very uh, lean and lean, and it's kind of gaunt. So I can like I can look in the mirror and uh, and and draw the Joker that way. And I've been doing that since I was a kid. You know, you just prop up a mirror on your drawing table and you just make the nastiest face possible and just and just draw. It's all about reference. Have you uh, have you ever heard of uh, uh, have you ever heard of Superpower Beatdown? No. So it's uh, this production company called Bat in the Sun. And they're very popular on YouTube. They make these these uh, versus battles with uh, actual actors who portray like Wolverine versus Batman and like Black Panther oh, yeah. versus Iron Man kind of thing. And um, the the guy who runs it, his name's Aaron Shoke, and he is. I mean, he's just a. He, I mean, he's a very, he's a creative kind of dude, but he has like an exact face of the. He knows how like he manipulates his face to look like the Joker. And he's done. He's been Joker in some of the videos that he does, and it's insane. Like the way that I gotta check that out. He did. Yeah, the, uh, check out Joker versus Negan. Oh, okay. it one. is. It is. It is a good one. Speaking of Joker, are you it's gonna? Like, are you looking forward to the new Joker movie coming out? Oh, without a doubt. I've been as soon as I saw that first teaser, I was completely sold. Um. I have concerns about it, not not concerns with the quality or anything like that. I just have concerns about how people will react to it, mm. you know, whether and and honestly, I don't care what people think. Um, I'm just concerned about how the. Um, uh, how do you say it? Like, um, oh, all people, the people, politically people with, correct people. Yeah, people, but people with mental um issues that will illness yeah but whether they have mental illness or not if they're inspired by this you know and i just you know i i look back to you know heath ledger and things like that and oh how how he was how he inspired some crazy people you know and i just i hope 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 mm. that doesn't happen because i want this to be you know an incredible incredibly eye-opening and yeah. twisted movie you know, you don't want the spotlight can... to be stolen. No, not at all. Yeah. I'm well, really pumped for it. We can go back to 89 and, and see that it inspired you to be creative more so than anything else. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. that's I, I think for every for every sad, crazy case that you hear about, there's a hundred more where seeing a movie about Joker just inspires a kid to start drawing him and then taking him taking that individual into a place where they didn't know they could, you know, branch out into whether it be art or directing or writing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's like the biggest thing that that these that these movies and characters do is it does inspire. Um, I believe more more so than most, it inspires creativity to like create. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be like crazies out there, but without um, a doubt, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this I'm, this I'm movie, little, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I was going to say I'm I'm a little bit sensitive with the character of the Joker yeah, because right. like I feel like I have such a connection with him, right? You know, I just wanted to go off without a hitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. by all accounts, like I mean, have you been seeing the reviews that have been coming in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tens, like you know, ten out of ten. You know, yep. five out of five yep. stars. The Oscar buzz like crazy. And uh, Todd Phillips just posted tonight that uh, it it won an award at Venice. And... That's right. They won the the highest honor at Venice. Wow. Yeah, and they 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 nudged out Roman Polanski's movie for the win. Mm-hmm. Wow. Very very exciting. Great time to be a fan. That's crazy. It's so they're they they're taking this as a serious movie, not just like a comic book movie. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Which is what it kind of looks like. Yeah. That's one of the things that uh, one of the best things in the reviews I've seen so far is uh, just people that aren't comic book fans. They're just film fans, you know, film. They're just film critics, you know, people that watch movies and -hmm. they're saying this isn't, this isn't a comic book movie. This is a great film. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very exciting. And one thing that keeps like, um, sticking out in my mind that I can't shake uh, is that this this Joker movie takes place in what 1981 I think uh-huh. what if and I'm just like speculating what if Matt Reeves Batman takes place in the 80s too I would I w- my head would surely explode <laughs> I th- yeah I think I think with uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed I, it has had because it's in the it's in the the IMDb list, but Bruce Wayne is in this movie. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Young Bruce. Yeah. As a young chap. Mm-hmm. And so one young... thing that is cool about them setting things in the past like that, uh, it, as much as, okay, I, I didn't watch the show Gotham for very long. You know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't my thing for, for very long into the story. But one thing that was very cool that they did was, the the props you know whether it's the the kind of cell phones people had or the the cars that were everywhere everything that they used made it sort of timeless you know you couldn't really place mm-hmm. when these events were happening you know people didn't have like you know a, the new iphone in their hand or something or you know driving around new cars they were all like you know that car might be from the 70s might <laughs> be from the 70s. You you can't really yep. place a time when it is, and it makes it feel like it's its own its own kind yeah. of time. That's priceless production design right there. Yeah, Which can definitely be appreciated. Yeah. Um, we when we're talking about the movies, but is there stuff that you have coming out that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about, Paul? Want to make sure we uh, get everything out there. Um, one thing was the Joe Mad Batman Black and White that we didn't mention. Let's talk about um, yeah, that's that one co- should be coming out before the Doug Monkey one. Um, but yeah, that's about it for now. I don't know if you've seen that that Joel Madureira. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Wait. Is that the one that uh, he's in like uh, a crouching position or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is this the co- is this like the rebirth suit? Right. Um, I think it's the rebirth suit. It looks can't like. Remember. Dude, yeah, so, from certain angles, it looks like a completely two D image. I was gonna say, um, th- is this like unique to 
I don't see them doing like the highlights and the shadowing on this thing like they do with some of the other ones. This thing looks super detailed. Yeah, that one is a little bit different. And it really, I think it really called for that sort of cell shaded um, paint. Uh, and Michael Cowart is the painter on that. He paints a lot of my stuff. So he really knocked it out of the park. So how much, like when you're sculpting, do you envision like that kind of stuff, like the shadowing? And because this thing is like, not just like I, I look, I see it on a cape, on the cowl, um, mm -hmm. on the mm -hmm. chest, everywhere. Like, do you kind of have like little notes in there to know that that's what the, the, the guy's going to color in and do? Or, in, yeah. In some instances, like I'll up, there will be a plane break or a, or a line. I'll make a line there. Um, but like that huge uh, swath of black on his chest. I did. I never expected that them to do that, um, mm -hmm. but it really works. So this a lot is, of it, I, yeah. we leave up, we leave up to the painter. Okay. You know? And like, and Michael paints my stuff for the Batman, the con the animated series conceptual line too. Mm -hmm. So he does, he does some of that 2d cell shading, like on that red hood figure and the Asriel figure. Dude, this statue specifically looks amazing because of it. Yeah, yeah. It it, uh, it took it to another level with the paint. The uh, the Klaus Jansen one has a similar kind of... Uh, it, it looks like a little bit darker than um, some of the other ones as well. Mm -hmm. Like a similar, similar feel with the paint like that. Yeah, they... I, a lot of the line work I sculpted in, but some of it um, was added in the paint. And... Yeah, like all the the ink outlines that Jansen would do, they they painted all the lines on there. So where the yeah. little shadow lines are under the muscle groups, cool. Dude, oh, I'm looking at your sculpt on it on your page right now of the um, the Joe Mad version, and this guy's a beast. <laughs> he is. <laughs> He's beefy. <laughs> he is. Yeah, that, that was an interesting project to try to translate that wacky anatomy. You know that, you know, is fun from one angle, but has to look cool from all the angles. Yeah, man, this thing, this thing is really cool looking. The cape's awesome too. How it flows, and that's some of the coolest parts about these black and whites. I think are the capes, the way that uh, um, people like get crazy on them. Yeah, you know, it's it's a character in itself. Yeah. Gramps, uh, you excited for that Klaus? Do you already have that one, Gramps? The uh... oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Day yeah, one, Klaus, day one purchase. <laughs> this guy looks awesome too, though. He's like he's like a beefy version of the Rebirth. That's awesome. <laughs> right. Cool. Yep. And there you go. I'm looking at the details of it. You can see the little yeah. You got some of the lines in there. Oh my god, mm -hmm. it's super detailed. Holy crap! On his neck, on his cowl, like his creases and his wrinkles on the chest. Right. All that sculpting detail gets lost after it gets painted, you know, it's, especially with that Klaus Jansen one. It the painted version looks completely different from the sculpt. You even have scuffs like on his uh, knee pads, right? It looks like that's awesome. Yep, thank you. Very cool, man. Right on. Um, Gramps, do you want to get into a quick lightning round? Sure. You know Sweet. what this is, right, Paul? Yeah, you did I've this done, before. I think so. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite ice cream? Um, 
chocolate chip cookie dough. Chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay, and this question comes from our one of our last guests, uh, Adam Hughes, who's you know the famous, very talented cover artist. He asked, when you eat ice cream, does it become pee or poop? <laughs> well, it, for me, it becomes gas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about y'all. <laughs> does that answer the question? Sure. Gas. Good answer. That's the right now, answer. I should have prefaced, prefaced that uh, there's a thing that we now where when we do the lightning round, we have the guest leave a question that will be asked to the next guest. So okay. it's a, sort of a chain that we've had uh, going along. Okay. And it's pretty fun. Cool. Cool. So what would be your question for the for our next oh, guest? Oh, so that's, that's the end of the lightning round? No, 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 no. no. I've got oh, some others. Okay. Um, I'll write your uh, I feel like it has to be ice cream related, but it could be Adam anything. Hughes, Adam Hughes yeah. really felt that way too. <laughs> that was actually the second poop question we've had. Uh, Brad Walker had another poop question. <laughs> this was more about dog poop, but yeah. you notice uh, we're you... a highbrow show, Paul. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I have just, this question. If we, you're if you're oh, walking sorry, your dog and you're chewing gum and, you know, you, you catch a whiff of the dog poop, does that mean that some of the dog poop goes in your gum and you're chewing the dog poop? Yeah, the answer is yes. Oh, God. Do not breathe behind a dog. <laughs> you, you have ingested. Or do not breathe behind Paul Harding after eating ice cream. That's Goodness. True. That's true. Word <laughs> to the wise. Yeah, Brad Walker has a pretty cute dog. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Okay. Uh, let's see. What is your favorite song on the new Tool album? Oh, I've been <laughs> meaning to listen to it, so I apologize. I have not gotten it yet. But I will click the button right now. Thank you for the reminder. There you go. You're welcome. I mean, it's an album that you can just put on and work away at sculpting and stuff like that, and and let it just kind of mm. soak in. What do you normally listen What's to when one? you're working? Since, that, since Paul didn't have one, I'll just throw in uh, my favorite uh, song off the new album is probably Tempest. Tempest. Okay. Okay. I just got it. Nice. Yeah, right on. What do you normally listen to when you're working, Paul? Uh, I have um, an incredible range of things I listen to. Um, I go from... Like funk and jazz, if I'm in that mode, um, to to classic rock, to synthwave. Like I've had my head, you know, deep in like '80s nostalgia for a while, and listening to um, sort of idealized synthesizer music. Um, like synthwave is is a fun thing. Um, I do classic metal. I do classic hip hop. So there's it's, there's a big range. All depends on the day. Mm. What's your favorite uh, digital underground song? <laughs> the Humpty Dance? The Humpty Dance, <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> that's the only thing that can come to mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, been jamming that shit, Lason. Uh, 
What do you think about Antonio Brown going to the Patriots? I I dislike football. <laughs> For this I reason. Dislike, I dislike football almost as much as I dislike the Patriots. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker, guys. No, no, I, I just don't follow it. Man, you would hate it if you did because this is ridiculous. Yeah, I've been hearing all the buzz of the nonsense that's happening. Crazy. So. so annoying. Yep. Yep. All right. Um, hey, I'm going to be in New York in like a week and a half. Cool. What's a good restaurant to go to? In Manhattan? Yeah. Um, I guess oh, it's hard to say exactly what. It depends what you want because it's the best. Everything that you're in the mood for is there. So, yeah, I, but I don't know if you guys have good Mexican food up there, do you? We have incredible Mexican. Well, yes. yes. Where? 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 It, in Manhattan. <laughs> Prove a, it. A third, a third of the population in Manhattan is Mexican. <laughs> a third. Okay, so a third is not an accurate number, but there's great Mexican there. I live upstate in Saratoga. And okay. We, I feel we have one of the best Mexican restaurants in the world right wow. here. Uh, and I was just, I was just in Mexico city uh, oh, about, damn. A, a, about a year ago, um, climbing the pyramids and eat, eating their food. And I got to oh, tell you, cool. I got to tell you the food I have up here is so authentic and so much better than what I was, what I was having in Mexico city. No way. It was good. Don't get me wrong. But, um, yeah. So we do. We have we eat Mexican at least once a week. Love I it feel, twice. Yeah, I feel like if you've got you know the authentic, uh, you know the people that know how to make it authentic, and then with mm-hmm. the best ingredients that are available here, yep. you can't yep. beat it. You know, you can't beat it. Absolutely, you can't beat it. Okay, and, you know, well, that's my mission is to find some good Mexican in in New yeah, York I mean, City. Wh- when I go down to New York, I I eat Japanese. I eat Thai food. Um, we we eat Japanese here all the time because my wife uh, is Japanese. Uh, okay. So that's that's part of our that's in the blood. Nice. Know, all depends, but you you can definitely find good Mexican down there. Okay. Up up there, I should say for you. Right. Yep. I look forward to that then. Okay. Absolutely. I thought when you first started saying that, I thought you were going to ask Paul on a date or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, was... Hey, Paul, would you like to go have dinner? <laughs> I was like, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> you should know that Gramps puts out. <laughs> well, I am easy, man. <laughs> well, if I'm driving two hours, he's definitely going <laughs> to. I'll give you some ice cream. Uh... <laughs> All right. All right. I'll give you a Dutch oven. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. That's the uh, best thing you've ever had on this and show. That is the first appearance of the Dutch oven on Bat Force Radio. <laughs> Boom. 200 episodes in. <laughs> Why did it take you uh, so long, guys? I, I don't know. Oh, God. So, uh, what question do you have for our next guest? It could be anything. Now, I don't oh, know if it helps or not. I don't know if you know him in particular. Uh, if things go to plan, the next guest uh, should be Doc Shaner. Doc Shaner, love the guy. Yeah. I know, I know him a little bit. He knows me, so I want to ask him. And this is this relates to something we were just talking about. I want to know if he has 
actually ever cooked something in a Dutch oven. And that would have that would have to be like an iron pot underground, you know, in a hole in the ground. I feel like he I feel like he might have. Ah. So yeah. Let's see what let's see what version of that he goes with. <laughs> Dutch oven. He's a funny guy. You guys are gonna have a great time. Yeah. Awesome. Very smart too. And uh, I've I've wanted to have him on for a bit uh, because there was a point where we had Tom and Clay on uh, yeah. together, and then Mitch was on right after that, and I wanted to have Doc on as soon as possible after that. Absolutely, because you know Doc. all those guys tend to play off each other. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to do some Doc Shaner sculpts. I've been I've talked to him about it before. Yeah, very just cool. waiting. And yeah, I, it feels like his work would translate so well to, to, to that medium. Yeah, I think so. I think so. It would, be a, it would be a challenge because it's so clean, but it would yeah. be fun for me. It would be fun for me. And it has like sort of a wholesome look, you know, to, to his characters. It, his work is sort of like a combination of Darwin Cooks and mm -hmm. like Mike Cho. Right, right, which I would attribute all of it to, you know, Johnny Quest. You know, I guess I guess Doc did work on that, right? Or no, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I love Johnny Quest, and I feel like he would be great on it. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to ask you, uh, just to to tell us about quick because I just stumbled upon information of it, even though it's from a little while ago, uh, beasts of the black hand. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, something you worked on what, like, uh, a couple of years ago now, I think. I think it's, uh, yeah, it came out almost, uh, about a year and a half ago now, something like that. Almost two years. Yeah. And we have, uh, book two of these graphic novels is in the works. So hopefully we'll be getting that Kickstarter off the ground again and, and bring you a really cool tale of magic and monsters in the 1920s. Mm, cool. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate enough to have, um, to have Ron Mars script the book with Matthew Dow Smith drawing it. Um, he, he drew, um, uh, what's it called? Doctor, uh, Doctor Who for a while, and X Files. So he was great on the book. So we're excited for book two. Amazing man. Um, we love having you, man. We love your stuff. We always talk about you as much as we can whenever we get any pieces by you. Um, you know, yeah. so we love having you on to get your name out there and make sure people know exactly who's behind some of the amazing stuff that they have in their collections that they might not know. Right. On. So yeah. Yep. Yep, I really appreciate you guys having me on. You guys are incredible fans of all of it, you know, and just to be able to talk about my stuff with you guys is an honor for me. So, love it. Oh man, no, we it's honors all ours. And you know, um we'll we'll make sure that uh, we ha spend less time in between the next time you're on uh when we have more time to talk about uh, the new stuff that you are able to talk about when it's announced because I know there's always stuff in the works that you're dying to let loose on, but <laughs> for various reasons we can't. <laughs> So the next, yeah. next batch of cool stuff that you can talk about, we'll definitely have you back. That's exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Count me in. All, All right. right.
I'll right, see you soon, sir. Thanks so much, yep. Paul. Yep. Have a good night. Take care, guys. Thank you. Take it easy. Bye-bye.